are listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about little free libraries and solutions for dyslexic readers. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Mallory, I just finished a book. Oh, boy. Called The Lady from the Black Lagoon <gasps> by Mallory O'Mara. I just finished it. I already texted you about it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish listeners could see my face because it's like I was so happy to find out that you would. It's so it's I I know it seems so silly to be so excited because like you're my friend. Of course, you're going to read my book, but I was so excited. Well, okay, so for a while I kept seeing people were getting copies in the mail. I was like, it's so weird. Mallory didn't give me a copy, but I don't want to say anything because like I don't know what those people are doing. I felt weird being like, will you read my book? But then Mallory was like, I have an e-copy. Do you want it? And I was like, oh. She was waiting for me to oh, yeah, read I did. it on my Kindle, which you know means I'm going to read it much faster yes. than if I'm reading it in I, physical form. I just finally got the ebook, like the final version of the ebook. I'm waiting on the final version of the uh, physical book. But as soon as I got the ebook link, I was like, I got to send this for you. Well, let me tell you what this book is about in case you didn't know. <laughs> in case you've never listened to the show before. Uh, I'll give you some. Well, let me just tell you like my insights on the book. So if you don't know, it's about the history of uh, it's about... Millicent Patrick, who created Mallory, literally is mouthing the words. As I was <laughs> it. All right, do you want to say what no, it's no, about? No, no, I actually am really interested. I've never heard anyone else talk about my book before. Well, the way I've been describing it to people, because I was telling people on set we had a lot of downtime this week, so I did quite a bit of reading. Um, and uh, the way I explained to people, I was like, "Look, there's this, there's the creature from the Black Lagoon. All these people were like, maybe Millicent Patrick didn't do it. Like, there's a whole." a whole group of people who think that Millicent Patrick didn't create and design The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And Mallory went and did a bunch of research, went to a bunch of people's houses, went <laughs> to a bunch of libraries where she didn't wasn't able to bring food in. Don't know how you can even read without food. Um, and do, was, did all sorts of research to find out whether or not she did create The Creature from the Black, Black Lagoon. Spoiler alert, she did. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, bitches. And then Mallory sort of like puts her own take on uh, Hollywood and what it's like to be in Hollywood, both like the positive and negative aspects of it being a woman in Hollywood. But the best part is all the footnotes. The footnotes are so funny. (laughs) And like when you read on a Kindle, it's so nice because, you know, I can just press the little footnote button. But it's just like really funny little insights that feel like very Mallory. Like I was like, oh, it's like she's reading this book to me because it's so I mean, it's not the best part. Obviously, the best part is the book. But the part that I like kept laughing at were these like little footnotes. And also it's very much in Mallory's voice. So if you like this podcast, I'm not trying to sell you on it. But honestly, it's 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 very Mallory. Like you feel like Mallory is talking to you through this process in a really quick tone but she's also like calling people garbage babies and like (laughs) it's like so it's like an interesting history but also like from a very like approachable tone it's a great book it's so good i got so emotional when you texted me i was like oh my god and then i also posted that i was thanked in the back of the book which i really and all the reason reading glasses all the glassers out there all the reading glassers that's what (laughs) actually well super funny that we actually have a uh feedback about that later in the episode oh fantastic (laughs) uh what are you reading mallory i am reading a very weird book (laughs) that i'm so i i'm like 
uh, two-thirds of the way through. I love it so much. Uh, it's uh, Made for Love by Alyssa Nutting. And she's the woman who wrote Tampa a few years ago. That was like a big splash. Tampa was a fictionalized account of that woman, in that teacher in Florida who had an affair with one of her middle school students. And this book, if you love books about like midlife crises, this book is your jam. (laughs) It's about this woman and she's in her 30s and she's married to this like, he's like a fictional Elon Musk. Like he's a bazillionaire tech giant. And keeps wanting to like experiment on his with his new tech on her and he won't like the final straw for her is that he wants to put a chip in her brain so they can mind meld and she so she leaves him and she like doesn't take anything because she thinks he can track her and she goes to move in with her father who lives in a trailer park for elderly people but her father just bought his own sex doll and doesn't want her to move in because he's having his honeymoon with diane the sex doll amazing so it's like her life is a complete mess and uh they're like her father is absolutely hilarious because he like rides around on his scooter with the sex doll in his lap and is like constantly talking to it and his daughter's like trying to like make a make her life not crazy and then there's a side story about this man who's having an affair with a dolphin it's super weird it's super funny it's made for love by Alyssa Alyssa nutting that is insane sean sean are you reading what are you reading sean is reading uh, the Noma Guide to Fermentation. Wow, I'm impressed. <clears throat> it's really good. Is this fermentation book a? It's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. But it's also it has like it's a, it also has like stories and stuff in it, right? That's like kind of somewhat, yeah, yeah. And sort of kind of like long forewords because they're trying to. Uh, it's a little bit sciencey, but very basic and and um, familial. Like it's it's easy to read and understand, and they're explaining how to safely ferment foods. Right, right. I mean, I've heard about I'm actually yeah. very interested in this yeah. book. And um, have you fermented anything based on the book? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I have what? fermented things in the past. What are you planning on fermenting? Well, I'm not sure because there's so many cool things in there. I know. There. That's the whole thing about yeah. it, right? I'm familiar with this book. I'm very interested yeah. in seeing it. I was very excited. I got it for Christmas. So, so you don't know what you're going to ferment? Not yet. Okay. Give us maybe a. I'll give you an update. Yeah, give us an update when it happens. Yeah. Great. There'll be lots of pickles. Yeah, that's all I'm excited well, you about. Know. You know how I feel about pickles. Any Love all them. those things, krauts. <laughs> We're gonna get some Sean brand kombucha. We're very excited about this. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We're getting more cute couple reading activities, oh, and I love them so much. Uh, this one's by Sierra. Uh, Sierra says, one thing my girlfriend and I love to do is take a really nice bath and read to each other. No. <laughs> Usually I'm the one who reads to her, but recently she's been getting into more into reading and she even joined my book club. Wait, are you in the tub at the same time? Yeah. You must have a big tub. I, I, You're small people. Me and Alan have done that. But we only, only can do it. such a big person. We, that's why we can only do it in hotels that yeah. have like really big tubs because tub. Alan is a giant. But it's so that's so nice and romantic. It's very cute. Igor wrote in and said, maybe I missed it, but was there ever a discussion of what us fans of reading glasses could call ourselves? I see. I was talking about, I think, I think we all settled on reading glasses. Is glasser, I think glasser is a really funny thing to I think, say. I think glasser is so, hilarious. So like to call yourself a glasser is really great. And I also changed our, your, mine, and Sean. Uh, group text. Our group text to be reading glasses, which no one commented on, but I thought was funny. I, well. I'm commenting on it now. It is very, it is very funny. <laughs> um, I think glassers. I mean, glassonians. No, I like gla- I glassians. Mean, I think this is official. We're glassers. stamping it. We're reading glassers. Re- readings. Okay, great. Glassers. We're the glassers. 
And uh, then Sabrina wrote in with a wheelhouse. Sabrina's wheelhouse is anything magical, fables and fairy tales, especially mashups, fantasy creatures, archaeology digs, fiction and nonfiction. I would love some like fictional archaeology. I'd be more into, into the that. fictional ones than the nonfictional for sure. Uh, Buddhist philosophy, octopuses. <laughs> Love it. Art and artists. Get your shit together books that are comical. Stories that take me on a journey through different lands and countries, fiction and nonfiction. Oh, man. Combine that with an octopus book. Stories to take you to a different land, fictional world of octopuses. Amazing. Uh, Also, quick bookmark. So if you're listening to this episode and you are a librarian who is going to the American Library Association Winter Institute, you should come hang out with me this weekend. I am at the I'm going to be at the American Library Association Winter Institute in Seattle this weekend. Uh, I have a panel and a signing and I'm doing a talk Monday morning. So if you want to come meet me, I totally want to meet you. Give me a high five. Let's talk about books. I'm really excited. Um, I will be con. Yeah, it's like well, it's like a conference. Oh. It's like a work conference. I knew you were going, but it's just been in our calendar, and I didn't know what it stood for. It's American <laughs> Library Association. Wow. You're going to have to do an update when you come back, because I'm yeah, very curious I'm really, about this. And also, I'm going to get so many fucking free books. I'm stoked. Wow. I'm going like, to only wear one thing so my suitcase can be empty so I can fill it with books. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about little free libraries, we're going to take a quick break. Mallory, do you have a website? Yes. Do you have a website? Of course I do. In this day and age, who can't have a website? But who makes your website? Squarespace. BriaGrant.com. Go check it out. (laughs) I've done some work on it pretty recently, and I'm pretty happy about it. It was very easy. Who makes your website? Also Squarespace, which is just MalloryOmera.com. Squarespace really can do anything. They can take your cool idea and turn it into a new website or, like us, take your personal name and all of the things about you and turn it into a website. Not even an idea. A person. Yes, an actual person. It's 2019. Maybe you want to start reviewing books. Maybe you want to start making movies. Maybe you want to start a cool new project that you never thought you could, but now we're living in a dystopian nightmare world and you're just going to seize the day because it's the new year. Or maybe you're going to put on some sort of festival. Maybe you're going to have some sort of event. It does all of these things. You don't have questions. Squarespace has 24-7 award-winning customer support. They're going to help you out even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're really stressed out because you can't figure out how to get a picture you want in there. They're going to help you out. Yeah, I've used it many times, but honestly, you don't super need it. It's pretty self-explanatory. You can make a beautiful website. It looks cool on your phone. It looks cool on your computer. It does that for you automatically, and it's very easy to use, and it's not that expensive. It's kind of insane, and if you don't have a website now, I don't know what your deal is. Yeah. Like, like it's time. It's time for you to have a website. Just have one with your face on it and say, this is me. Send us that if you make that. <laughs> yes. We want to hear about your websites that you're making. Send us your Squarespace sites. We will talk about them on the show. So you can go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code GLASSES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Enter code GLASSES. GLASSES. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's Coming Coming Up, Simpsons. Simpsons. Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! 
And we've also had people that are on the MaxFun network already. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, that's yeah. no surprise because it's The Simpsons. But, I mean, like, you can't say that about a lot, a, lot of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. This week, it's all about little free libraries. You've all seen them on Instagram. What are they? Where are they? And how do you use one? What is a little free library? It's basically like a take a penny, leave a penny sort of situation, but for books. And it's a publicly available box. It looks like usually a birdhouse. Sometimes people go wild. We'll talk about that. Like Imagine they do little like if Victorian the books like flew in there on their own, like little book birds. Oh, so cute! And it's stocked by people who usually live in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it's usually set in somebody's yard, mm-hmm. and they're sort of the keeper of the little free library. And basically, you take a book or you leave a book and. And when we say Little Free Libraries, that's all in capitals. Like Little Free Libraries, is, it's actually a registered nonprofit. It's like a Little Free Library TM. It's not just like describing a small box of books. It's like an actual thing. And there's about 75,000 of them all wow. over the world. They have a little map on their website, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, where you can find the one that's near you. So a few years ago, some of you might remember, there was a controversy over Little Free Libraries. That's the capitalized version. The program had um, several options for building your own library, but they were all over $100. So people were sort of like, that's a little pricey for something that's supposed to be community-based. And right? free. And free, right? <laughs> so so um, they started a program where now you can apply to have free ones shipped to people to you if you want one. Um, they also take donations for people who want to give money to this cause, which I think is a really rad thing to do. On their website, um, they have a specific application also uh, for no-cost libraries for Native communities as well, which I think is super rad. Um, They also have a reduced-cost charter application because when you sign up to be like the— the person who has a little free library, you get this charter, um, and it makes you part of the LFL community, and you get put on a map. Um, what's nice about being part of the community is that people can look you up online and find out where your library is. Yes. But that being said, you don't have to have a little free library TM. You can also just make one of your own, which we will talk about in a minute. Yes. And some other cool facts. Bria's uh, weekly fact roundup. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little free library in the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., which I did not know. It's so oh. cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're located in more than 85 countries. There's one on a beach. There's one on a bike. There's some ones in really cool places. Yeah, for sure. So, Bria, what's your local little free library like? So I just moved. And I, when we were sitting here, I was like, oh, I, get, I mean, literally I moved two weeks ago, so I haven't looked it up. But um, I just moved. Um, the one closest to my old house is in Echo Park. It's on a busy walk street that gets a lot of traffic because there's so many people walking by, which is really rare for L.A. Um, and it's near a bridge underpass, which has been sort of a semi-permanent um homeless encampment for a lot of years and I think it gets a lot of use from the neighbors and also the homeless community Mm -hmm. which is nice it's in a very like sort of trafficked area that used to be my little free library. I know. When I, I lived know over it was. Here. Yeah, yeah. And I would we both up. moved away from that little free library, Aww. though. Our, our ex, little free library. I used to go over there once a week and then organize it. 
because I'm really crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's a really cute one. It's like bright yeah. blue and they clearly like built it. Like it's a very nice build of on a little free library. Yes. I like the community of it because people really put time and effort yeah. into like building them. It's really cute. Where is your little free library, Mallory? Uh, our little free library is near a state park because uh, we live near, I forget the name of it, but it's like, it's weird because we live you know, like in downtown LA uh, and there's a state park that is actually super, super nice and you would not expect it. Uh, and there's a mobile little free library that sometimes is, the, it's like in a little cart. Oh, cool. Listeners can't see, but I'm make a, making a it's cart like you have a pushing wheelbarrow? No, yeah. uh, motion. Uh, I love them. Is uh, it covered? Yes. The nice thing about LA is you can kind of have one uncovered, yeah. but at some point the elements are going to get to it. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're defi- it's definitely part of my personal book ecosystem. Um, I don't think little free libraries are like the big, amazing public service that some people think they are. Uh, since a lot of the people who don't need books can't get to them, they're not always like in near a homeless community, like the our old little free library. Sometimes they're just like in a suburban neighborhood. So it's not like they're doing a ton of good. Um, most of the, my spare books uh, I've talked about on the show before, I donate to the women's prison book program. But sometimes I have things that don't get mailed out. And what I like to do is I love bringing my my um, National Geographics that I've read to the little free library and my middle grade YA books that I can't sell. Um, and I've definitely taken books from them. The ones, like we said, the ones that are in L.A. mostly are really cute. People put a lot of time into them. Um, I think they're nice, like, little mini community centers. I think they, they're not a replacement for a library. or I don't think they're a replacement for anything, but I think they're definitely, like, a nice thing to have. Yeah, and, like, sort of, like, the non-official ones are the ones that I find that I interact with even more. Like, when, especially when I'm traveling. Yeah. I was traveling, I'm not joking, in an island in Greece. Oh, yes. I was in a Greek <laughs> island. Um, uh, I was in an island in Greece, and I uh, was in staying in this place, and there was one, like, outside of the place. And it wasn't an official one. It was just, like, a bookshelf. But clearly, and it was all in, it was a bunch of English books. And so oh, wow. I took a book from there because I was like, oh, great. Like, I have, can yeah. grab a book because of course I had 400 books on my Kindle but <laughs> it's always great for me to just be able to it's great to have something to access like that yes so uh, let's talk about those the ones that are like non-official non-sanctioned because yeah. those are cool as well yeah so what yeah what if you want what do you do if you want to build your own uh you can I mean you can build one yourself it's like building a birdhouse or I mean you, again you can buy like buy one from the little free library's website and register it uh it can be on private property or in public if you get permission like, right, and people have been sued by the city when they put it on public property. Yes. You're not supposed to do that, but you can get permission for it. Yes, uh, and it should be, like we just said, you, it should be able to protect the books from the elements, um, especially if you don't live in Los Angeles. And it doesn't have to be outside. It can be a bookcase in a coffee shop or in an office or in an apartment building. Like, it can be in a house somewhere. Most of the ones I've seen are on the edge of people's lawns. Um, again, be aware, even if you're not registering your little free library uh, so people can find it on a map, People are going to be congregating there. So mm-hmm. don't put it in a place that is a pain in the ass for you if you don't want like a bunch of random strangers. Like just be aware yeah. that if people see a little free library, they're going to walk over, especially if they have kids. Um, yeah, it's so definitely a community situation. One of the ones I used to use um, a lot was on the edge of a schoolyard at Silver in Silver Lake. Oh, and, oh um, I know that one. It's really cute. It's really cute. It ha- It's a school that also has like outdoor garden and yeah. like chickens and like things like that. Um, but you can't take the chickens. But you cannot take the chickens. It's not a little free chicken garden. situation. <laughs> no free anything. It's all, it's all, that part is closed in. But you can get to this little free library and it's just a rectangular enclosure. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it was. But you can see it from the street, which I really like. So yeah. you can kind of like, even if you're driving by, you can be like, oh, there's some books. Yeah. It's like, you know, right like you on can fucking tell. Sunset Boulevard, so you can just like 
It's what, is it on Sunset? Yeah, it's yeah. like straight up on Sunset Boulevard. It's great. So and that also gets a lot of foot traffic in an area. I think they work really best in an area where there's a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. Or if you, I mean, any neighborhood where there's a lot of people walking dogs or walking by, I think that's when we're gonna you're gonna get the most use out of them. Yeah, and make sure. Speaking of, make sure it's in a handicap accessible spot. Make sure things are family friendly. That's what I mean about like I don't bring all my books over there. I use like little free libraries are used a lot by families and by kids. So maybe not put your copy of Fifty Shades of Grey in there because you don't want like I like putting YA books and I think that that's the thing that gets taken a lot uh, very frequently is middle grade and like kids stuff right because it's it's better it's really good for kids because it's not like a normal library book where if you get your grape juice on it you don't have to pay a fine yeah exactly and I think um. Yeah, that's why you see them around schools quite a bit because then because it's kids who are taking them or parents who are like, you know, they don't want to make another trip to the library. They want they don't want to buy another book. They want like just something grabbed. I mean, yeah. and plus there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. I was wondering. This is a side note. I think we could put our some of our arcs in there that we don't want. That's what I used to do. Really? Yeah. Oh, because so an arc is an advanced reader copy mm-hmm. that we get quite a few of because we do a podcast, but you can't sell them. And if it's not a book, you know, I don't keep that many books mm-hmm. and physical books. Like I like to sort of like purge my books every so often. So I just, I just need, I need, I was wondering, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll start putting some of my arcs in there. People yeah. get some advanced reader copies. I'll hey, wait till hey, the hey. books are out. But. Yes. Uh, it's funny when I, uh, when I lived over here, when I lived in Echo Park, uh, there was somebody else in the neighborhood who was either a book reviewer or a podcaster or an editor <laughs> or something because I would always find advanced review copies in our little free library and be like, who? I, I like, who? I want, I go, like, <laughs> I, if it was like a cartoon, I wanted, I didn't want to be creepy about it. I'm like, maybe I can just keep walking by with like, with different disguises. <laughs> like, we'll put a mustache on so no one would know. And I was like, I, because I, I wanted to monitor people it. own the little free library. It's probably people like us start them because they're like, I got to get rid of these books. <laughs> I should have asked. Or you could have put a little note. Who are you? Yeah, Who? like put a slip a little note in there. That's but true. what if it was like a creepy person? That's why I wanted to see them first. No book people are creepy. Just kidding. Some are. Some are. Because I was going to be like, oh, my new little for your library is in this neighborhood. And then I was, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell people exactly where I moved to. Yeah. I, although I will say we have really good, our reading glasses are good people. Yeah, but what if we had a snooper? What if we had a snooper listening? <laughs> We're kind of snooping just to find out where we live. <laughs> just someone snooping in just to see what sort of personal information they could attain. Oh, God. <laughs> just imagine like one creepy person who's listened to all of the show and slow, slowly, there's like a big wall with like red thread between things that are like trying to triangulate. They're like, where okay, we live. she likes YA books set in a dystopia. Where could she be living? <laughs> So you can send your thoughts on little free libraries to readglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we look at some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation. Together, we host a podcast called... The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand-up comics... We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy and so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye.
time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week's is a special book tech for those with dyslexia. An amazing listener named Sam wrote in with some great book tech tips for dyslexic readers. Okay, so Sam says, open... First, start with open dyslexic font. This is a great font for those who feel like the letters float away while straining or double on lines. Um, It's opendyslexic.org. Which we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, we'll give you the font for free and you can use it everywhere. And uh, they find it super helpful. Which is super cool that someone just made this and now it's available for free everywhere. Super nice. Uh, Sam's second tip is color filters. So some dyslexics struggle with the contrast of letters against the page color. So check out, it's this is another website that I will put in there and it will let you cycle background colors over, until you find one that helps your eyes. And then you can buy um, like a see-through piece of paper, called, just like a cheap overlay. Sam says that, Sam uses yellow and they say, as a kid, I really liked orange. So when I tested, I deliberately read faster. So I'd get the orange one. <laughs> And the last bit of advice Sam gives, which which we really like, is um, my last note is to read at your own pace. Living with dyslexia can mean that reading is really difficult. So starting a book can be daunting, especially if it's either challenging or you've got a lot of hype. Uh, you've got a lot of hype to read it. Cut out small time each day and stop reading if you're tired because you'll keep rereading the same line again and again. Take your time if you're not enjoying a book. Set it aside and read something else. Really, really good advice. And then Sam sent us this really cool link that. Again, all these will be in the show notes. Uh, also, quick note, we get at least one person a week who doesn't know that we, on the, on the Maximum Fun website, like our reading glasses website, uh, is a blog. And for every single episode, there is... Uh, links to everything. Links to every single thing we talk about. So go to MaximumFun.org, reading glasses. Um, this will be there. All the books we talk about will be there. Uh, but so Sam sent us this link. So it's for those who don't have dyslexia and they want to see what it's like. And it mimics what it's like to be a dyslexic reader. Uh, if, and it's like a paragraph. What did, what did you think when you tested this out, Bria? It blew my mind. So I, I couldn't believe how hard it was to read it. Um, and so I think uh, I have some people close to me who are dyslexic. And um, I, it's hard for me to imagine what that's like. I mean, of course, it's, it's hard to imagine anybody else's yeah. life. I mean, this is what life is, right? We spend a lot of our time trying to be empathetic to others, but not totally understanding what, yeah. understanding what their situations are. Um, it is amazing to go read this site because some words you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I can figure out, like, the yeah. word it's or something mm-hmm. like that. But once you get into the longer words, it is right, really very complicated. Yeah. And and you just realize how much of a struggle um, these people with dyslexia have. And I know, you know, if you're dyslexic, a lot of times, especially I think now that you people identify it much younger, but for a long time you'd be put into, you know, these remedial reading classes when it wasn't really that you were in – remedial remedial is not yeah. the word they would use anymore but it was just that you had dyslexia yeah <laughs> you know it wasn't that like it was it was just that you couldn't physically you couldn't actually see the words in the way um that everyone else could see them um uh, so i think if you have if you don't have dyslexia go click on this link because it's crazy did you did you click yeah. on it yeah I, technology is fucking amazing i've had i've never been able to really fully imagine what dyslexia is like and this that website it's so brilliantly made and it really was really tough to read and I think it helps make you more empathetic uh, if you have someone in your life who uh, has dyslexia and you want to see what it's like for them or you're just curious and I think it might make a lot of the trash babies out there who say audiobooks aren't real books think twice yeah because so. a lot of people with dyslexia love audiobooks and there's so many people out there that don't count we've talked about it on the show so many times but audio 
listening to an audiobook is reading. Anyway, getting a book into your brain, however you do it, is reading. It's not fake reading. It's, it counts as real reading. It counts as a book. It counts towards your goal. It's like be, saying that only physical books are real books is so ableist and so shitty to the people who have dyslexia or can't read and like can't read a print book. Right. So I would definitely check out this website. It's really, really cool. All these links uh, will be available. And we're cl- really happy that we can share some tips for our dyslexic readers thank you sam thank you sam now let's solve a reader problem from one of our listeners dylan wrote in i am somewhere between a mallory and a bria and that i pretty much exclusively read physical books but mostly use my local library to acquire them (laughs) i love the combination that's very funny yeah i feel yeah we need like a chart of mallory stuff and bria stuff uh with the holiday season and a wealth of books recommended by the podcast i have broken down and bought some new books from the bookstore the problem is that i also have many many books either on hold or in my four later pile at the library as well as the books i haven't read at home I'm drowning. How do you decide what to read, especially when between a time crunch book that is checked out from the library or the super interesting with a lot of buzz book recently bought from my local bookstore? Bria, what should Dylan do? This is the struggle, Dylan. (laughs) The struggle is real. (laughs) It's a daily issue for me. For me... So this year, actually, what I... One thing I've really decided to do is for every... Like, once a month, I have to pick up a physical book, which is not often. I mean, yeah. that, like, in like, but reading one physical book a month to try to, like, get that pile down because I have so many physical books and it's hard for me to want to pick them up because I love my e-reader so much and I travel with my e-reader and when I, I read my e-reader when I'm just randomly, like, on my phone. So it's like I always need to have something going on my e-reader. But I've started to sort of switch back and forth. So I'll read a new buzzy book. And then I'll go to the back of my wish list from the library, grab one there. That's sort of like what I try to do. I wish it was simple because it always happens that I'm in mis- like the mid of a physical book, middle of a physical book, and then a buzzy book comes in for the library on my e-reader, and I know I'm like, I got to read that in three weeks or else I'm going to have to wait yep. six weeks before I can read it again. <laughs> um, so, I I mean, there's there's a lot of exceptions I make. So if I get a buzzy book and I know I'm going to have to wait for it at the library, that's number one priority for me. Got to read that buzzy book because I want to be in on the conversation and I don't want to wait six more weeks. Yeah. Um, and then and then I try to, like, make time. So there's always a moment, I feel like, where you're like, oh, I don't have any super buzzy books on my Kindle. I could go and grab one. So I think that just knowing, like, hey, I'm going to read one physical book a month, that, that will get down your pile. That yeah. means you'll read 12, you know, this year or something. Yeah. I don't know how much you read. Dylan. But um, you know, that that will that will get down the pile a little bit. Um, so I think switching on and off is a way to help and that way you won't feel like you're drowning anymore. <laughs> that that's my advice and that's sort of what I've been trying to do, but it is very, very hard. And also, and just like something that helps me, I always do have one going on my Kindle so I can read it on my phone. But if I'm reading a nonfiction book, I will grab a fiction book off of my shelf so I know that I can always go to that nonfiction book any time of the day, but I can read that fiction book at night when I do most of my reading. Uh, so I'll do like at the same time, like a physical book and an ebook. But one will be fiction, one will be nonfiction. It's a good system. That was a, it was a complicated way to explain my system, but it makes sense in this complicated brain. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mallory? Uh, so my impulse is that you should treat yourself to a reading day off and Ooh. just like power through a bunch of, bunch of books. One of my things this year, it sounds so silly for me to be like, I'm trying to read more this year, but like... I work a lot. I work like many of us. There's this like grind culture where we're all working too much. Um, 
So I'm trying to take a little bit more downtime. And I do this sometimes when I need to read a book for the show or have I an audio book due at the library. Honestly, it's kind of nice to have this sort of like flimsy excuse just to flop around and read for a day or half a day um, and just get through a bunch of stuff. Uh, Most people can't read a book in a day. Really? Yes. Well, if you have a lot of time. (laughs) You read really fast. I don't know if I can. If I have like a very long plane ride, I might get through a book, but it has to be kind of short. Like not a not a full book. Well, you can get a lot done. You can get a lot. You big chunk out of it. You can like look if you take a half day and you do nothing but read. Yeah, you could read. You could read a. You could get through a big chunk of a book. Yes. Yes. But because that's not feasible for everyone, I think you read only what you want to read. Is that buzzy book more interesting to you right now than the book from the library? Read it, Dylan. You're gonna die. I'm gonna die. Bree is going to die. We're all going to die. You can always check that book out again. If you want to read the library book more, though, read that. The buddy book can wait. It's 2019. Read whatever you want. Figure out the rest later. Yeah, for sure. And with the library, I mean, you can always, with your hold list, like, put your holds off longer. You can yeah. always make delay them. And I do that a lot where I'm like, oh, delay this hold two weeks because I know I just have too much coming on. Yes. Like, that. I just know to do that. So no, I think, yeah, I think if your hold comes in and it's a big, buzzy book and you really want to read it, there's no guilt. Just put down that book and, and read that buzzy book that's uh, you only have three weeks. Or if you're really in it and you are, you're, that buzzy book comes out on your Libby app and you're like, you know what? I really want to finish this book first. Oh, shit. Finish that book first. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Carpe, Dylan. what's, is it not Carpe lib- Libro? No Seize idea. Seize the book. <laughs> uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags and shirts in bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. Sometimes we get really cool um, pictures of like recently one of our listeners tagged us on Instagram. She had gotten some bookmarks and a T-shirt and it looks super cool. Yay. So we want to see your awesome reading glasses stuff. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. We're still trying to get to 600. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting to record that Ask Us Anything episode. Mm-hmm. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. And you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And, and you can follow along on our reader challenge. Yes. It's a hashtag reading glasses challenge mm-hmm. follow along a lot of people have been posting some really cool stuff yeah my friend christina has been doing a whole thread of all the ways that she's been ticking off the boxes on her twitter account it's very cool yay um and you can always follow along on our book- bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading maximumfun.org comedy and culture Artist owned. Listener supported.